Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, hey, Suns fans. Welcome once again to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of your hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow sh- the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. And you can listen to this podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. I'm joined, as always, by the master of the microphone, my podcasting partner. That is Mr. Matthew Lissy. Matthew, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How's it going out there? You, you doing all right there, John? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic, yeah. man. I gotta say, uh, this this podcast snuck up snuck up on me a little bit, man. All of a sudden, it's like they're starting to come fast and furious. I'm loving it, man. Like basketball's yeah. going on. There's so much to talk about, and we're gonna have our preseason jammies on this episode. For those of you yes. who don't know, uh, last year we did our end of year jammies, and this is gonna be our preseason jammies. So we'll come back to this at the end of the season and see how right we really were when it comes to predicting our jammy award winners. Yeah. Nothing better than predictions. I think we're really good at it. We'll keep tally and keep score and see uh, who comes out on top at the end of the year. We never do. We never keep we never tally do. or score. <laughs> I know we'll forget next week. <laughs> we'll, change, we'll actually probably change our answers next week. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. After like watching two sons games, I'll be like, okay, I'm completely wrong yeah. about, you know, whoever, uh, Whatever the awards are, we'll go over those yeah. momentarily for all the complicated things. It is, <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I got to give a pro- uh, props in the chat to uh, Nathaniel Dars. He said he tested positive for being a Suns fan and COVID both this past week, but he's living the good life. So, Nathaniel, to all of our listeners out there, hope you guys are staying safe. Uh, wear your mask, take care of yourself, take care of each other. That's what it's about. You know, uh, we're excited yep. that we're going to be starting. Uh, the season here momentarily or, you know, here in a couple days. And, you know, the, the key to enjoying that is staying safe. So shout out to everyone who's watching us live on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. We've got Preshan Sutton or uh, Preshay Sutton in the, tra- in the chat. Hello. Uh, we got Vincent Stefanelli. We got Coda Kid. We got Blaze Megatron. Everybody is here. So I got to pop open a beer, Matthew. My friends yeah, are pop here. Pop that open. Pop it open for me too. Yeah, there you go. You like how I brought the beer opener this time, huh? <laughs> Smart prepared. this guy is. You know, last time I looked like an idiot. So <laughs> cheers to all of my fellow Suns fans. Let's drink a beer. Let's talk Phoenix Suns. So, Matthew, the preseason is now officially over. We can put it in the rear view. We no longer have to sit there and try to navigate all the different opinions as they actually matter because the games didn't matter. But if you were to look back at the preseason, who is your preseason MVP for the Phoenix Suns? 
It would have to be Devin Booker. I think it came so easy for him, man. I think he scored 50 points a game. Everything. I think he, he was seriously so every wrong. Game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he seriously had it easy this preseason. He came back the way he played in the bubble. Certainly the MVP. Um, but also I could give it to a guy too, like Javon Carter, who really showed a lot. I feel like he did it both on the bench and then the starting lineup. So those are my two MVPs. But overall, of course, Devin Booker. What about you? Uh, it's got to be Booker. I mean, to your point, he everything was smooth for D book nothing looked hard for him. And you know that with the offense that's going to be set in place this year, it's only going to be easier for him. And I think that we're both really excited as well as all of, you know, the Suns fans out there for that, that this is going to be one of those years where Booker really takes that next step. And you look at kind of that last game against the Lakers, uh, which is the one we haven't talked about. Uh, but there was, there was no CP three in that game and Javon got yeah. the nod. And I want to talk a little bit more about this. Cause you mentioned this on the last podcast about how he has the ability to keep his dribble alive, how you really yeah. think that he's going to take that next step this year. And for everybody who's wondering about the playmaker and who that's going to be behind CP three, you really have your faith in, in C four, don't you? Yeah. Playmaking maybe is a step above what he is right now. Right now he can keep the keep the dribble alive, really keep people involved. But his number one thing, I feel like even from last year, he's changed his attitude towards just finding the open man. I think the teammates around him, when he plays with the second team, they need to be prepared to be open. And like they need to cut. They need to find the open space. He, I feel like he's just looking for the guy to make the correct pass. And that's the thing I love. And I don't know if I really saw too much last year. I know he was just basically a shooter, but he can run to the corner. He'll get ready to shoot. He'll be ready to shoot. Uh, transition. He's fantastic. I think everything he's doing right now for that backup position is everything we needed in a starting point guard the last decade. But now we have CP3, and we had we had Ricky Rubio last year. But he's just a guy I feel like who who really is seeing himself maybe as a future starting point guard. Uh, maybe that's too much because it is just the preseason. We'll see how it goes along in the uh, regular season. But right now, I just I love what I'm seeing from him. I mean, do you feel the same way or a little bit? I don't think I'm as excited as you are, but after you mentioned that, I went back and I listened to the pod and I was like, oh man, I cut Matthew off right when he was making a good point on that. And I think it's something that we really need to take a look at. I mean, Monty, he, he's thinking along those lines. He had the opportunity with CP3 being out against the Lakers to start a point guard other than CP3. And whereas in game one, he started campaign. In this game, he started C4. And he really showcased that he has the ability to be a pest defensively against starting caliber players. You know, that that's where it all begins with Javon Carter is his defense. I mean, his ability to pickpocket uh, LeBron James was fun to watch. I mean, LeBron would come down and, and when LeBron's getting ready to go down the lane, you just know it. I mean, he's like six foot eight, six foot nine, just ready to just go through anybody. And Javon Carter would just poke the ball away from him real quick and, and start a fast break. And from there, in transition is where you can see where he has the ability to be special. He can he can stop and pop. He can dish it to the right guy. Uh, it's going to take more training. You know, I mean, he's in, what, his third year now out of West Virginia, and he's going to be learning behind yeah. CP3. And I think that this is going to be something really fun to watch this year is to see if he can really take that next step to become a playmaker. He has the defensive capability. He has the shooting ability. Does he have the playmaking ability? If so, the Suns are going to be a really scary team. If you can plug him in consistently behind CP3. Yeah, and that's what you have to watch because I think he has it in him. It's just the players have to get used to it. Uh, you kind of saw with the pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton a little bit in that game. Other players, including Sarich, when Sarich comes back, that's a good pick-and-roll guy to, to play with, pick-and-pop, whatever you want to do with the guy. He, seriously, I is someone to watch this year to really like just 
just maybe someone that is a trade target. I don't know. Just someone that's going to like raise expectations for himself. And we're going to see a, quite the improvement with this guy, I think, and I believe. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to the season starting on uh, Wednesday for that exact reason because you and I have always been on uh, C4 Island or C4 Cove or whatever you know fun creative. Uh, we got to reach out to Espo because he's always got great uh, body lands of bodies bodies of land or water and attaches those to sons uh, players last names. I think uh, what was the new Langston Lagoon for Langston Calloway? That's the oh, new. Okay. I must have spot. So. Yeah, yeah. It was on the last Solar Panel <laughs> podcast, which okay. is uh, check them out bad. sometime. I bet, yeah, I watched it. I just. You forgot it. I don't know what happened. My earphone might have fell out. Oh, okay. It happens from time to time. They just yeah. kind of, you know. <laughs> but you look at that Suns versus Lakers game. Uh, a couple things that I want to point out was just how, even with CP3 out, how good that first team unit looked. It really started with uh, Mikhail. I mean, he's somebody who is low-key going to be just an amazing player. Suns fans know it. And even listen to, did you listen to the national broadcast or did you listen to the Fox Sports Arizona broadcast? Fox Sports for the first half, national for the second. Okay, interesting. So I listened to yeah. Jeff Van Gundy and the national broadcast pretty much the entire time. I went back to Fox Sports Arizona on occasion, but I always like to hear what the national guys are saying about the team and what their perspective from afar is on that team, knowing that they come into the pregames, going on the Zoom calls now, interviewing the players, trying to come up with, you know, with a, a funny story that they could tell nationally to share yeah. with everybody that we already know. Now, obviously, Mikhail Bridges is somebody who all Suns fans know, love, admire, and respect, and are looking forward to seeing his development and him take that next leap this year. He's not somebody who they talked about too much on the broadcast. And I was kind of shocked, you know, because he came out looking great in all aspects. I mean, his shoot, his shot is looking smooth. His ability to get to the rims looking great. His defense on the brawn, I mean, just, just fantastic. You know, he took that nasty fall, uh, but he came right back. And, you know, overall, he was one of the reasons the Suns were up, uh, you know, and they had 39 points in that first quarter. Yeah, he he's that guy. He's kind of really quiet. Sometimes you're like, where's Mikel? Oh, there he is. He's doing something just random, kind of like Javon Carter, where he'll do so many things on the floor to where he can just fill in at any spot. Defensively, I mean, he's amazing. But for the broadcast, not really to talk about him. It's fine. A lot of play, a lot of the announcers, the analysts, they don't really know. KOC is probably the only one that knows Mikhail Bridges. A lot of times you hear Bridges, they say Miles Bridges. So yeah. this, is, this is the year where he does make a name for himself because he has the right surrounding pieces by him. And plus it's going into his third year. This is the year where you make yourself an NBA player. You really prove yourself in a way of just, you know, this is my game. And so I think he has an opportunity to really showcase himself and he's going to. And next time they're on ESPN, I'm pretty sure they'll talk about him, which would be Wednesday, right? I believe so. Yeah, that first yeah. game is on on ESPN. I like what uh, Raymond Gonzalez says in the uh, the Facebook chat. LeBron knows who Mikhail is. That <laughs> yes. fellow players know who Mikhail Bridges is. The warden will lock you down. And yeah. the, the team as a whole played great defense in that first half. Uh, Aiton Aiton looked great too. I mean, bodying up Trez Harrell on one play, moving laterally uh, against LeBron on another play, using his length to deter shots, going straight up versus into players. I mean, how important is Aiton's defense going to be to his uh, development as a player this year? I mean, we all want him to get those double-double machines. No one really yeah. talks about defense. I mean, what have you seen uh, as far as he goes defensively, and and how how do you think that's going to impact his overall kind of perception around the league and will it shut up some Suns fans? Well, he he's definitely on the right track. I think defensively, He's even said, we talked about it before, where he wants to improve the most on defense. And there's a lot of plays, too, you saw in this preseason where he wouldn't roll, he wouldn't actually collapse in the right way. You would see the bench react in a way like, hey, 
DeAndre, you know what to do there. Like they, they believe him to be a smarter defender and he is some plays this preseason. He's been kind of lazy. He kind of thought like, maybe I should stay on my man. He wouldn't like switch stuff like that, but he has improved so much from last year to, I mean, from a second year, I'm sorry, from his first to second year. Mm-hmm. And then you can already see it going into this year. I think he's actually really impressive. There are some things he's missing out on, but I think he, when the season starts and they have that core together with Jay Crowder and CP3 and DeAndre Aiden, just like the the holy trinity basically of defense, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard time for other offenses to score. And it's gonna his offense too in the first quarter was just so solid. He is just making it consistent back-to-back games against the Lakers where he really showed like I, I don't know like he showed a different side of him where he was just serious on the core I, I, that's the only way I can really describe it he was serious and consistent at just making those quick choices and that's what mm-hmm. we need from him and he's he's gonna get to the rim every time and he, he keeps showing that too as well and it was impressive considering the I mean the Lakers have that big front line and he was in there holding his own playing defense uh, deterring their shots he was uh Montez Harrell was getting pissed because he would go up and I mean the brick wall was waiting for him that's his name was DeAndre Ayton so it was yeah. nice it was nice to see that against the Lakers it was nice to see uh the 69 first half points uh 20 of those came from book and what was interesting is uh, after Booker came out and was kind of on fire you started to see a lot of Anthony Davis on Devin Booker they kept working themselves out of in and out of switches trying to get him off of him but I mean I thought that was interesting that that became a Lakers strategy. Is like, listen, if we want to try to shut him down, we're going to put AD on him. Did you notice that? No, that is something I noticed. I even noticed this triple team. I think it was him, LeBron, and who was the other guy that triple team Booker, but Booker still went up for a shot, it looked like, but he passed yeah. it to Jake Crowder in the corner for the three. So he's getting the triple team coverage already. I mean, this guy, he, he can make it from any spot on the floor. He's just that consistent now where it's just super easy for him. So in order to stop their offense – you have to worry about him, number one. And it's always been that way, but we, he's never had a supporting cast like this. So he's going to find, he's going to make the right play to get out of those switches. And it, it is funny to see AD on him because AD is twice the size of him. Of him <laughs> and I don't know if he can really even stop. I know AD is a great defender, but Book is hard to, you've seen those videos against KD from the USA camps. I think it was like two years ago. It's just like, he's hard to stop no matter how big you are on defense, how long you are. He can still get a shot over anybody. Yeah, AD's a cheat code, man. I mean, you, we saw him in this game in the third quarter. He just took over, and he didn't care. I mean, he was heat-checking himself, uh, just launching threes, anybody on him. I mean, if Aiton was on him, he would just take two steps behind the three-point line and start shooting. So, you know, the Lakers obviously showed why they're going to be a tough team, but it was nice to see that the Suns, for a couple nights in a row, hung in there with them with our first teams and our kind of second – our, our, our 2.5 team. Because, again, yeah. without Dario Sarge playing – uh, with Cam not playing in, in game three, you really don't – you can't count those – well, none of them count, but you really can't count those as you know good head-to-head competitions because the depth wasn't necessarily there. Cam looked good in this game, though. I mean, history is there. I mean, that's going to be something that we mentioned yeah. on the last podcast. I think you were saying how he's not going to be somebody who's going to come out and score 15 a night, you know, not like Mikhail Bridges, but he's going to be somebody who can come out, and he, he might have a night where he drops 20 like it's nothing, and then he might – put up five the next, you know, but as long as it's assisting the team, it's going to be beneficial. And I'm looking forward to seeing cam uh, come off that bench uh, like a flamethrower. Cause he, he had it when he was playing against the Lakers the other night. Yeah, he did. He kind of started out slow, but he he came in and I think he hit three in a row or something like that. Crazy, which was 
perfect to see because that's the way he's going to be, like he just said. But what's nice is that when we used to rely on him last year, like every game, like, come on, you got to come in, you got to make at least five out of six, something like that. But now if it's not him, I mean, it's like Etwan Moore, um, Langston Galloway is, of course, the guy now who just the quickest, sharpest shooter we've had in a long time on this team. And uh, I think it's K-Ray that keeps saying he reminds him of Eddie Jones. Or not Eddie Jones, I'm sorry, Eddie House. Eddie House. Yeah, so, I mean, he's just a quick shooter. So we got guys around him, too, to where Cam Johnson, I feel like, still needs to improve on getting to the rim. That's something that we saw where he can kind of pull up to a mid-range shot, too. Uh, that was nice to see this last game. But besides that, I think that we just really will count on him to come in and just be a streaky shooter from the outside. Well, you just you need those guys. You need to have those guys who can consistently bring in offense from the bench. And with the Langston Galloways and with the Cam Johnsons of the world, we're going to see that. I mean, those guys can come in, get hot, and put up some points for us in a hurry. While your big guys, you know, your holy trinity, if you will, with CP3, DA, and D Book sitting on the bench, and that's what's going to really going to benefit the Suns this year is that sustained yeah. scoring and the ability to have the guys to do that. So. It was nice to see. Uh, was there anything else that you took away from that Laker that Laker game? Uh, no, I just I like the consistency. I know they lost the game in the end, but I feel like that's just when we have Chris Paul in there and Booker is actually going to come in and close out the game. So I'm not too worried about the loss, of course. But I just I think all around from what we saw in the first game, where it was kind of scary, the overreactions, which was of course me too as well with DeAndre Ayton. There was just a lot that we saw from those two Lakers games that just you know this is a different team. This is going to be a team that can go on like maybe five to six or seven game win streaks this year because they're going to play that consistent. And you just saw in this game, they come out strong and they just need to learn how to end those games. But you have one of the clutchest players in the game and closing the game, and that's going to be CP3. So I'm not too worried about that. Well, you have that. And then also, I mean, you're going up against the Lakers. You know, granted, it was their second team, but I mean, it's going to be fun to get into those battles. And uh, the Lakers are a team that we're actually not going to play until the 37th game, if I remember correctly, of the of the regular season. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a while till we see the Lakers. You know, we're going to have we start off with the Mavs, and then we have those two against the Kings, and that's what we have to look forward to over this next week. Is is that um, it's going to be interesting? But knowing that we have the ability to keep up with them, even even if it's a preseason game. You know, you, you see AD hitting those monster shots, and that was just to keep them in the game. It's not like they were blowing us out at that point. It was still a game the entire time. So uh, cheers to the Suns on a preseason. Glad it's over. It's it's always exciting to watch preseason, uh, but I'm always happy when it's over because I'm ready for these games to count. Me too, man. Me too. It's going to be great. Uh, one thing that did happen, I believe it was yesterday, uh, the Suns said goodbye to Jonathan Motley, the six foot eight uh, power forward from Baylor. Uh, you know, they brought him in, gave him a test drive, and now now he's gone. And yeah, uh, what deservedly so? I mean, he he didn't yeah. look great, right? No, he didn't. I mean, he got like the snickle fritz of the minutes and stuff, but he he played kind of a lot in the last two games for him. But he was just always out of place. I feel like. When he, he was the only guy in the court, where I was like, "All right, this guy's probably gonna maybe be cut," and that's the only thing I really thought about him the whole time he's playing. Uh, good luck to him, though. But I just think that he just his fit here wasn't um, it, it wasn't a good fit. But what do you what do you think like on replacing this guy? You think you have any idea who the Suns might go after? Did you say Nickel Fritz? Snickle Fritz, yeah. What the fuck is a Snitzel? I've been eating Snickle Fritz. <laughs> is that a candy? What? No, like the Snickle Fritz is like you get the crappy and the short of the stick kind I've of thing. I've never heard that before. Oh, you never heard that? No. It was uh, 
it was in that one movie, Pineapple Express, where like the the guys came okay. over to buy their weed, and like he's like, I'm gonna give him the Snickle Fritz, and I, you know. Okay. Like when you're my age, you get the Snickle Fritz stuff in life, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like, man, uh, make sure you wipe after those Snickle Fritz, huh? Sounds kind of yeah. Sounds disgusting. like a cookie, right? You can hear, you can hear my nose is stuffed. I think I had too many cookies today, dude. I don't. <laughs> I know it's stuffed up. Uh, lay, lay off the snickle fritz, man. Lay off the snickle okay. fritz. Um, as far as replacing Motley, you know, you, you have to go with a big, right? Like, yes. if we get another guard, our guard rotation is really deep. We have enough wings. Jalen Smith has actually become more of a wing than a big. I think that that's something that I found kind of interesting. Is Me too. As yeah. I've watched him play, he's hanging out more to on the perimeter. He crashes down still, but he's hanging out on the perimeter. So I don't know if, you know, the, the bidding of due to Jonathan Motley is it going to bring allow the Suns an opportunity to bring in another wing, but they should go big. Uh, what would you think if they brought back big Frank Kaminsky? Oh, I'm excited. He's the first name. I would actually be excited to bring back, dude. Um, you know, if Frank, he was just the guy to come in to really shoot the three and there's nothing wrong with that on this roster. I think if you bring him in, it's more than what Monty was doing. So, uh, he was the only name I really thought of to replace Molly spot. But, um, is that the only guy you were thinking of was Frank, big Frank Kaminsky? Yeah. I mean, he's the guy who the Kings released, uh, yesterday or the day before. Yeah. So once I saw he was gone, I was like, okay, I could I could do with Big Frank back on the team if he came in and just was jacking up a couple threes. Yeah. Like if if we have depth enough, if we have rebounding depth, because that's what it comes down to. Because you look against the Lakers, I mean the Suns were out rebounding the Lakers the majority of that game, and I like when we out rebound teams. I mean I'm just I'm perhaps I'm old school, but uh, you know I like offensive boards, I like second second chance points, things of that nature. You're not going to get those from Frank, but like at least with Frank, you know what you get, right? Yeah, I mean two really really hot games of shooting the threes. That's where you're going to get. Yeah. And that's and, and a lot so of him, him, him fanning himself. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, he's probably a great locker room guy, right? He got along with the guys. So bring him back. Yeah. Bring, I think so we should start that hashtag hashtag bring back Frank. Yeah. Bring back Frank. <laughs> bring back. Frank. All right. Uh, All right. That, 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 that quickly <laughs> faded. So, but we'll see what the Suns do. Um, I, is there anyone else out there that you, you saw you think that should uh the sun should pick up or no you know what there's not really anybody of interest to me that's what i was trying to ask you because i don't really know who else the suns would be trying to acquire um to adding to that roster spot but um frank frank is coming back that's well, what we're saying here live is frank is coming back <laughs> yeah breaking news on the sun's jam session we <laughs> want him back i just did Probably just because we don't know who else is out there at this point. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, our listeners can tell us a few guys who are out there and available. And remember that essentially you're replacing the 14th guy on the roster. Like this isn't the guy who's going to play a whole bunch. Exactly. Yeah. It is that time that everybody's been waiting for. It's time for Matthew and I to make our preseason predictions in a segment that we call the Jammies. So again, we do this every year. We, you know, it's the Suns Jam session. So we have the Jammies, kind of like the Grammys, where we dish out different awards, and we do these twofold. We do one for the Suns and then one for the league. Now they can be both. You know, if you think that the the league MVP is going to be Devin Booker, then he qualifies for both of the Big Dick Book Awards. Okay, uh, but you, you ready to go through these, Matthew? You ready to hand out some Jammies? Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride. Twenty twenty one season. Yeah, don't ask any questions. Just just go with it, guys. Just go right? with it. Just go <laughs> just with go it. With All it. right. Here we go. So the first award that we're going to hand out for the 2020-2021 season 
is the Big Dick the Big Dick Book <laughs> Award. <laughs> now this goes to the guy who is going to be the league MVP or the team MVP for the Suns. So Matthew, who's your Big Dick Book Award winner for the Phoenix Suns? <laughs> Okay, so it's funny to do this award and not give it to Book. I'm actually not. I'm going to give it to Chris Paul for the Suns. I think Chris Paul, of course, coming in, he unlocks everything for everybody. He's the Steve Nash of this team, basically. He's going to make it easier. Book will have the stats, but the reason we're winning is Chris Paul. League Big Dick Book Award is going to go to Jokic. I think Jokic, this is the year he's going to win it. I am predicting the Denver Nuggets will be number one seed this year. I think they lost some. Some good players, of course, but that just makes it even more of uh, you know a realistic chance for Jokic to win. I think he'll have the stats, and I think he's just going to be the main guy on the best team in the NBA this year. I know it's weird to say, but there's going to be a lot of teams sitting players, so I, I pick Jokic. What about you, man? That, that, that's an interesting point, though. A lot of teams are going to be sitting players because if if I'm looking at my Big Dick Book Award for the league, I'm giving it to Anthony Davis. You know, I think that you look you look at the fact that Giannis won the league MVP the past two seasons and voters get MVP fatigue. I mean, the last time a guy won three in a row was Larry Bird and it's only happened three times total. Uh, Bill Russell, 1961 to 1963. Uh, Walt Chamberlain, 1966 to 1968. Walt. And what's that? Oh, you said Walt Chamberlain. Oh, yeah. Is that what I said? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Sorry. I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry and Larry Bird, uh, 1984 to 1986. So if, yeah. if Giannis were to win the MVP, that'd be only the fourth time ever that you would have a three-time uh, consecutive MVP in the league. So I don't know if that's going to happen. I really think that AD is kind of going to be the front runner outside of Giannis this year. I think that Devin Booker will get some votes. And for that reason, I'm going to give it the Big Dick Book Award to Big Dick Book. Okay. Oh, bring it he, home, baby. He, he, he's going to score 29 points a game. He's going to have, you know, probably six assists a game. He's going to first, probably second team all NBA is my guess. So I yeah. really think that it's only appropriate to provide him with the award that's named after him. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Has there ever been an MVP that's won that was traded in the middle of the season? Like Giannis will this year? No. no. <laughs> how, how are you going to trade Giannis? He's getting traded. Yeah. Right. With that contract he just signed. Contracts don't matter in the NBA. They don't. Okay, wow. When I saw the contract, I'm like, who cares? He'll be out of here this year, next year. Well, it doesn't kick in in until next year. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter, anyways. Okay, well, let's try our our second award. Now, (laughs) now this is an award. Uh, This is the Skeleton Mm. Key Award. So, this essentially is provided to the guy who unlocks everything for the team. And last year, we gave this award to Ricky Rubio. And then on a league-wide level, uh, you gave this to CP3, and I actually gave this to Kemba Walker last year. So who is winning the Skeleton Key Award for you, Matthew? All right, that Skeleton in the Closet Key Award is going to go to Chris Paul. He's unlocking everything. So just like the MVP, he's unlocking everything for this team, and it's going to be NBA-wide. That's that's an NBA-wide award for him. Um, I just think he's the guy to unlock everything for DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker even more. Mikhail Bridges, everybody on this team. It's going to be up to CP3, so that's what I'm going to give it to. What about you? So you're saying for the team and for the league, the Skeleton Key yes. Award goes to CP3. Damn. Is that just yours? Like, ju- just like Blaze Megatron says in the chat, pretty obvious again, CP3. Yeah, I'm with yes. you. It's CP3 on both accounts. It was a little tougher last year trying to think who really unlocked their team 
but it's definitely going to see BCP3 for the Suns and league-wide this year. So that award was kind of lame, and it might not make it to the end-of-year jammies. It, I don't no, know. it's always going to be here. I love that award. All right. Well, how about this one, Matthew? This is the Matthew's Dad Award for the sixth man. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Matthew, for some reason, believes that Eddie Johnson is his dad. And Eddie Johnson is probably the best, one of the best six mans in league history. And uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, there's a picture of me with Eddie Johnson, just to spite Matthew. So, Matthew, <laughs> who wins the Matthew's Dad Award for the Suns? And who wins the six-man award for the league? All right, so six man or yeah, the Matthews Dad Award. I would I'm gonna say Sarich, but I think really Javon Carter has a chance for the Suns to be the six man of the year award. Uh Sarich, I actually predicted to win it uh league wide, but um I'm actually gonna go Gallinari with the Hawks because he agreed to play the six man this year for the Hawks for some reason. He's not starting. If that stays true to the end of the year, this is the best six man out there. So it but then also the Hawks would have to be pretty good too as well. Um, but I'm going to go Gallinari. He's going to be my, uh, my okay. dad award. Yep. Okay. The Matthews dad award for the Suns. I think we all agree. It's, it's gotta be Dario. Like we need it to be Dario. If the Suns want to be successful this year, it has to be Dario charge. So that's who I'm granting it to. I think that the fact that he's embraced the role to come off the bench and be that versatile four slash five for the Suns, uh, at the same time, having the ability to move the ball, and be point Dario on occasion if we need it to be is going to be of utmost importance for the Suns. It's going to be vital for their their success moving forward in this year. So hopefully he's the guy who wins it for the Suns. Uh, on the on the national level, I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Clarkson, and this is probably recency bias, seeing as Jordan Clarkson uh, beat the shit out of the Suns for a couple games up there in Utah. But I really liked what I saw. I saw that he's not he, he's the kind of guy who. Uh, what, what did Eddie keep saying? Your dad. What did he keep saying? He's like, uh, the guy's like an instant bucket, you know, that that's who he is. And he's going to be coming off the bench. You know, I think that Gallinari is definitely a great, uh, pick, you know, if he's embracing that role, he's got the ability to score, but so does Jordan Clarkson. He's going to be on a team that's potentially going to be, you know, a top five team. Uh, I hope not. I hope that the jazz somehow falter uh, after giving Rudy Gobert that ridiculous contract, by the way, that's a ridiculous. Did you see that? Like, would you pay Rudy Gobert that kind of money? Yeah, I would pay anybody any kind of money in the NBA because contracts don't matter. matter, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, fair enough. Well, anyways, knowing that that team is constructed the way that it is, having Jordan Clarkson come in off the bench, the guy's going to probably drop. You know, the magic number is kind of like 18 points a game. If you can get to about 18 points a game coming off the bench, you are the Matthews Dad Award winner. Obviously, Dario's not going to hit that for the Suns, but I feel like Jordan Clarkson is going to do it for the – for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Uh, we've got B Easy in the chat. Uh, Clarkson or Lou Williams, who y'all taking? I'm, I'm going to stick with Clarkson. I think Lou Williams, you know, he's starting to get a little bit older. And I think that you, you never want to predict injuries, but I feel like fatigue might be a part of that team and how they operate. And he, you know, he's somebody who could probably, uh, you know, his legs aren't as fresh as they used to be. What do you okay. think, Matthew? Um, I'll go Clarkson on this one. I just, I like that Utah team too, as well. And I think they're going to be, um, Better than people think this year, so I'm going to go Clarkson. Okay, big help, big help from Clarkson this year. All right, well there you go. There's the Matthews Dad Award winner. <laughs> What's next, Matthew? What's next? All right, the next award is the Mad Max Award, the most improved player for the Suns or around the league. Okay, now I know what you're all thinking out there. Why is 
the most improved player of the league called the Mad Max Award. Well, I'll tell you why, okay? I recently, during the quarantine, sat down and watched Mad Max. I've never seen them. I've seen the Fury Road, and I was like, you know what? I've never actually gone back and watched the movies from like 1979. And I watched the first movie, and it was dog shit. It was horrible. I'm like, oh my god, I, I get what they're trying to do, but it's you know, it's it's 1979 cinema. It's not anything yeah. that's great. It's really long, drawn out shots, and you're like, okay, this is a about 10 seconds too long. Can we wrap it up here? And then the second Mad Max was, uh, you know, Welcome to Thunderdome. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, this is a movie. This is most improved movie over movie. So therefore, when we originally made these awards up uh, a few months ago at the end of the last season, which is like, you know, two weeks ago. Uh, I came up with the Mad Max Award. So the Mad Max Award for the most improved player. Uh, I'm going to give it on the Suns to Dario Saric as well. I think that, again, with Dario embracing his role, he's going to have the ability to kind of fall in line and do what he needs to do effectively versus fighting for minutes, playing against first-teamers who, you know, let's face it, Dario's hustle is, uh, you know, 100. His athletic ability is probably like a 75. So when you take that 75 athletic ability and you try to put that against, you know, the, the other fours in the league, he, he struggled last year. But now that if he falls in line, he's going to be doing his six man thing. I really think that he's going to be the most improved Phoenix Sun. As for uh, the entire league, I was, you know, looking at I, Tyler Hero, I kind of feel is the, the flavor of the month. And that's who I'm going to go with. Uh, I had a fantasy basketball draft this morning and I was I made sure that I got Tyler Hero out of it because I just think that he's going to have the ability to light it up and the national spotlight's yeah. kind of on him you know I mean when the the voters put in their Mad Max award votes it'll probably be for Tyler Hero what are you thinking there Matthew I love those choices but thank you yet, yet again I got to bring up uh the Bulldog Javon Carter he's gonna be most improved I think you're just gonna see the consistency in his game I use that word all the time but with him last year it was really difficult for him to have a complete stretch of really good games what I've seen in preseason what I've seen in the bubble with him and now behind CP3 I just think his game is gonna be endless this year to where he's not gonna put up gaudy stats but he's always gonna be there in every game to try to help us win in different ways so he's gonna be the most improved just because we're gonna be so used to talking about him on every podcast to where it's gonna to come to account to where you have to stop talking about this guy because i think he's gonna be that good this year and he's probably gonna suck who knows i'm probably just overlooking it but um league wide this is a little different i'm gonna choose lonzo ball i think he's gonna be most improved okay he had an off year or off bubble his bubble performance was terrible but my thing is i think james harden's actually gonna get traded to the pelicans this year and i think lonzo ball is gonna come over to the houston rockets and he's going to put up some better stats this year, even with being on the Pelicans. I think he will too as well. He'll improve his game. And I just think that when he gets traded to the Houston Rockets, they still have a good team over there too as well. Not as much pressure, kind of a rebuilding thing if he goes over there. So I just think he'll be most improved for that reason. <laughs> that was a weird, very, right? Well, it was it was a very complex uh, reasoning, seeing as you think of all these trades. like It's always sunny in, in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Do you remember who, do you remember who Pepe Silvia is? Yeah. It's like Pepe Silvia. It's like there is no Pepe Silvia, Matthew. Like there's all these different conspiracies on who's getting traded where and whatnot. Uh, yeah. I'll come back to that. I'll start with Javon Carter. I think what's going to be exciting for Javon and one of the reasons that you are excited to watch Javon this year is because I really feel like he's going to get the minutes. He's going to get the play. I think that Monty last year realized what he had when the bubble came around. The, the problem he had last year is he kept trying to give his, his affinity for Elia Kobo was unjustified, and he kept providing him with minutes and opportunities coming off the bench. And I think that if Javon Carter has the opportunity that, that you and I both believe he will, 
he's going to have uh, a chance to really elevate his game, become the most improved son, and hopefully be that kind of diamond in the rough that we're really hoping he is. Again, it comes down to opportunity. If he starts to have some bad games, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't run into a bunch of those DNPs that he received in the middle of last year. I think it was January of this past season. He didn't play a bunch, and we were all kind of looking at each other as Suns fans and be like, well, why, why, why is Javon not playing? You know, I think that this is going to be a season where he's really going to have a chance to lose the job. I hope that that Monty gives it to him and he loses, you know, he has a chance to lose it and he doesn't lose it. So uh, as for Alonzo Ball, again, another guy who I drafted on my fantasy basketball Very team nice. this, this morning. Uh, you know, but don't forget the the Suns Jam Session Listener League. Uh, the draft tomorrow is tomorrow night. night at 730. So I, I got to stop telling you all the guys I drafted because now you know who I'm keyed in on. I was pissed, well, though, because I, I didn't get LaMelo Ball. I wanted both Lonzo and LaMelo Ball. <laughs> And I, I, you know, and then I was going to be the ball brothers. Uh, but I got Devin Booker with the, I, I think I had the 10th overall pick and I named my team, uh, uh, big Dick book. That's the name of my team. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so I think that, uh, you look at, you look at both those guys, uh, Lonzo ball really has a chance to become the most improved player because the yeah. national narrative on him right now is he sucked in the bubble. That was the, the last taste that everybody had in their mouth. Therefore they're re- They're ready and willing to write him off. And, Given that team and that offense, the, the Pelicans are going to be somebody who could surprise some people, I think. Yeah, but I think, yeah, they, they could, but I think they're, people are waiting to be surprised by them. I just think it's whether or not Alonzo Ball performs, and I think he's going to this year, but I don't think it's going to be on that team the whole year. So, Okay, so what's, uh, what's the next award? Oh, boy, this one's actually a really good one. I love this one. The Uncle Jesse Consopolis Award for the best hair. Oh, Uncle Jesse Katsopoulos from Full House. So who on the sun has – what's that? I just love these awards. (laughs) They're hilarious. (laughs) Who who on the sun has the best hair and who league-wide has the best hair? Matthew, go. Okay, so league-wide, I'll start with that. I think LeBron James by far has the best hair. I think he's actually growing it out in the front so much he might have like uh, cornrows pretty soon. (laughs) So no. league wide, I think you're going to see a lot from Kelly Oubre this year. A lot of different styles. I think now that he's over um, in California, I don't know if that even has anything to do with it. I just think he's going to match their uniforms a lot. I think he's going to change it up a lot. So he's going to be the the league wide best hairdo for this season. To where we can go back photograph for photograph. I think there could be like seven different changes this year. That's what really? I feel like. I think he's going to do that, and I think that for the Phoenix Suns, it's hard to watch Papa Ricky go. Um, but that was, that was good hair, man. That was good hair. That, that was, Ricky yeah, had. that was the nice, best hair. Nice mane there, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, that was that was tough. But I'm gonna go Cam Johnson. I just think I like his fro. Uh, I'm not too sure where it's at right now, but I mean, I mean, I did just watch him. Never mind. But I think it's gonna be a little bit bigger this year. I think he can grow that out. I think it's gonna be beautiful. So I, I'm gonna pick Cam. What okay. about you? Okay, so I'll start Suns, then I'll go league wide. Uh, Suns, okay. I love Jay Crowder. I love Drake. It, it's, yeah. got, it's, got, it's got kind of like the Larry Fitzgerald look to it. Um, yeah. But I just think, you know, when you see guys who've got the dreadlock look to them, they typically are just badass motherfuckers, man. You know, you you, you look at Montrezl Harrell and his hairdo. You look at Jay Crowder. These are guys who are just polished defenders who just want to swat the ball right back in your face. So Cam is a close second for me, for sure, especially considering he's grown it out so much and it looks great when he's running up and down the court. But like Jay Crowder, it's just it, it looks it looks smooth as uh as he wears that number 99 jersey yeah uh, you got to give it up to blaze megatron in the chat uh alex, alex caruso <laughs> no league wide uh i gotta give it to jared allen from the nets man 
I love Jaron Ellis. You know, he's got the big 70s fro going uh, with the Brooklyn Nets uniform. It just it, it looks clean, man. And I know that uh, uh, John Morant, somebody uh, who I also really like his hair as well. Um, but it's interesting because I was looking back at our our last Jammy Awards and I gave it to Jared Allen then, too. I just I don't know. I just I think it looks great. Yeah, dude. I that's why I like Josh Jackson so much coming out of the draft because of his hair. I just love the froze, dude. Mm-hmm. I love it. You got it. I'm gonna pick you number one. Yep. Over anybody in my life. So in your life, wow. Alex Caruso, though. I mean, there's got to be like the the worst hair award. We got to come up with that one. Who's got the worst hair? That would be Alex Caruso. And who's got the worst hair on the Suns? Who do you think? Um, it's it's tough. I mean, I I know Chris Paul's balding a little bit, but I mean, I guess when you're 30 years old, you're old and you start balding. I don't know. I don't know. Who do you think? I mean, there's no one out there. Where I'm like, ugh. Like, I can't think of anybody that has the worst hair. I love maybe, uh, maybe DeAndre Ayton's beard a little bit. I think DeAndre looks cool. The more hair, the better. I yeah. Think awesome. Yeah. Okay. I don't, it's hard to choose, man. It's there's not really anything bad on there. Coda kid in the That's chat. Jared Allen's got that Jackie Moon look. Exactly. <laughs> looks yep. fantastic. Exactly, dude. All right, well, let's hit the next Jammy Award, and this is the Surprise the Fuck Out of You Award for the guy who's going to surprise the fuck out of you this year. So I'm going to start this off by, uh, for the Suns, I think it's going to be Langston Galloway. You know, I don't know if he's really, I know he surprised a lot of, you know, casual Suns fans in his first couple performances in the preseason. I really think that he's he's the kind of guy who's going to win you a couple games this year, and he's going to surprise you, and you're going to be like, damn, I'm so glad we have Langston Galloway on our team because his ability to shoot the three ball, to have that quick release, that Eddie House-esque release that he has, uh, his ability to be a pest offensively for uh, the opposing teams might yeah. earn him some minutes in crunch time, and he's going to hit some big shots. And I think when we look back at the end of the season, he's going to be the guy you're just like, damn, dude, I did not see that coming. You know, Last season, it was more of Javon Carter. He's the guy who came over in an acquisition who we didn't really expect to do much. And then defensively, he was just a bulldog, and he, and he didn't stop, and he was tenacious. And I really feel like, Langston Galloway is the same way, but not defensively, offensively. So that that's my uh, surprise the fuck out of you award winner for the Suns. And then you look at league-wide, uh, I'm going to just go with LaMelo Ball. I think a lot of people hate on LaMelo Ball because he's a ball brother uh, and his dad's a jackass. But you know what? Look at the skill set. That, that kid's good, man. You say that word very well. What, jackass? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it's one of my favorite <laughs> words to call people when they're not listening. Um, but he he's really fun to watch. And I think that like he's going to win, win rookie of the year. I yeah. honestly believe that he's going to have the opportunity. He's flashy. He's fun to watch. Uh, he, he's an idiot too. I mean, uh, but I really think that he's going to surprise the <laughs> fuck out of a lot of people. He's what about idiot. you? Yeah. No, he's that's a jackass great. too. No, he, yeah, no, he's awesome, dude. He, he is, he's like the, the funnest guy to watch. Cause he looks like he's always having fun out there. I'm going to love watching this Hornets team, dude. Um, but for the Suns, it's, it's kind of a weird pick by me. I'm going to go CP3. I think we're going to be so surprised by how good he's going to make this team and how good he still is and how good of a point guard he is. I think we've seen it in the preseason a little bit, but besides that, going into the season, I just think we're not prepared to see how much better this team is going to be. And I think we'll be still very, very surprised by basically just, you know, this is our point guard. He's making everybody better. We're winning games. He's so... I don't know. He's going to be immaculate. It's going to be great. I just think people are going to be way more surprised than they think. League-wide, though, I'm actually going to go with... Um, I had a couple decisions. So I either chose Kobe White or Marvin Bagley. But okay. I'm going to choose Mar- Marvin Bagley because he's just he's been hurt. But I think Marvin Bagley, I just think, is is really, really good. I don't think he's... I don't know if... I don't think he's better than DeAndre Ayton. 
but I just he's think he's going to surprise guy. a lot of people. And I think that Kings team is going to be tough. And I think they're going to be actually pretty good. They got a good young core. Um, but I just, I like, if he can stay healthy, he's my number one pick for um, surprise the F of you out of you award here. Well, don't cuss Matthew, please. <laughs> Jeez. You know, your mom's watching. Yeah. We, we ain't got time for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Kobe White. I think that's kind of an interesting one. I mean, he's one of those guys who is faded away because Chicago has been irrelevant. And I think that they're building something nice there. Uh, yeah. I really, I really like the fact that they held on to Laurie Markkinen, and I think that Kobe White could be somebody who comes out and shocks some players, so uh, or or surprise them, if you will. Yeah, uh, Iverson vlogs in the chat. Jonathan Montley. Oh wait, he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> oh, nice man. singer. I like it. Too soon. Too soon. Like nah, perfect, perfectly timed. Oh, okay. In a week, we're gonna forget the guy ever played for the yeah. Suns. You know, he he wore T.J. Warren's old number, number twelve. So. Yeah, That's another thing. If Frank comes back, nobody took eight this offseason. Like every guy who left replaced their number. Like yeah. even uh, Ricky Rubio's number's gone because you have uh, Abdir Nader has it. But like eight's still there for you, Frank. Hashtag. Yeah, I think when you bring back Frank, you don't tell anybody. You just have him sitting in the stands yes. during the game, just eating popcorn. They're like, oh, yeah, the Suns added Frank Kaminsky. And he's up in the stands in the top deck just eating popcorn by himself. And, be, then all, uh, and all of a sudden, he comes and he tears off the warm-ups, comes running down. Yeah. And he's like, Frank, and, and there's no Baines there. And he's, oh, he's heartbroken man. a little bit. Oh, <laughs> God, so last year. And by last year, we mean like two months ago. All right, Matthew, what's uh, what's the next award we got out there? Sorry, I was choking a little bit over there. Uh, next next one is the Bob Gunton Award, Defensive Player of the Year. All right, so Bob Gunton, for those of you who don't know, uh, was the actor who played the warden in Shawshank Redemption. Okay, and the warden is, you know, he played a lot of good defense on Andy Dufresne there. Uh, ultimately, Andy Dufresne made his way out. But I think the reason that we came up with this award was because at the time uh, the warden was wreaking havoc on the league, and uh, I found yeah. the guy who played the warden in Shawshank. So that's the reason why. So Matthew, who is your Bob Gunton Award winner for the Suns and for the league going into the 2020-2021 season? Goes without saying, Mikel Bridges is the defensive player of the year for the Suns, I think. Um, we saw more towards the end of the preseason, but he's finding his rhythm. He can guard whoever the hell he wants. He will be like the anchor of our defense. I said the Holy Trinity. What did I say? Jay Crowder, DeAndre Aiden, and freaking Chris Paul. And I miss Mikel Bridges. That doesn't make any sense. I don't hope I didn't say that earlier because Mikel Bridges. We'll have to go back Chris and check Paul. it. Yeah, because he's part of the Holy Trinity, not Jay Crowder. I know Crowder brings a lot, but no, it's Mikel. Mikel is the defensive player for the Suns. Uh, for league wide, I actually I'm going to go Ben Simmons. I think the Sixers are going to be the best team in the East this year, as long as they keep wow. those players together. Ben Simmons will be the anchor of the defense. They have a lot to prove, and I think they have Thibel too as well, which would help as well. But Ben Simmons up front, and Bede's already a great defender, but he's going to be the guy that you know they were going to trade him. They might have offered him on the trade block, but he's like, you know what? I'm not going to shoot threes. I'm going to focus on defense. Moving the ball around, that's what he does best. He will be Defensive Player of the Year, I think, this year. There is so much to unwrap there, Matthew. Okay, I don't know where to start. All right, I got three questions for you. Okay, first, you really think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be the best team in the East this year over the Bucks and the Nets? Yeah, by far, yeah. Why? Well, first of all, the Nets are the Bucks thing. You already know what I'm thinking about with Giannis. I don't think he's going to be there. He's going to be traded. (laughs) No, even if he is, though, I think that – it's going to be really tough, I feel like, for Giannis to get up and keep playing because it's just it's the same thing every year with them where they're just great in the regular season. He's going to put up great stats. But I think the Sixers have been down. They've almost been over the top. They've almost been over the hill. I think this is the year they make it over. The Nets is a little bit tricky. I think they're going to get off to a slower start. They're going to be a little bit more inconsistent. And I just think that what the the 
what the Sixers can do is be the best defensive team in the NBA. And I think you have two of the best players in the NBA, two of the top 20 best players in the NBA, and you're just going to be the best team in the East because the East isn't that deep. And I just think that for the Nets, it's going to take a little bit of while for them to get going, which is fine. They're going to get ridiculed till the end, but I think it's just going to take them a little bit while to get things going. Well, I, I'll, I'll let you think that. I'll, I'll respectfully disagree. I think the, the problem with the Sixers is that motor. You know, we talk about having a motor, and, and Embiid doesn't have a motor. You look at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Tell me Kevin Durant doesn't have a motor. I mean, that guy's got the best motor in the in the league. So yeah. uh, question number two, um, Mikhail, that's a great choice. I think, you know, you look in the, ch- the chat, Blaze Megatron, the man of steel, uh, and he says Mikhail, Mikhail, and third Mikhail. Uh, <laughs> you know, so a, a lot of people uh, agree with you. I'm actually going to go DeAndre Ayton. Cool. I think I really think that what I saw against the Lakers is is and knowing that he's going to have that constant, consistent coaching from CP3, from uh, uh, Willie Green and uh, uh, Monty Williams. I really think that he's going to take that next step, and he has an opportunity to be an all defensive player. I think that Mikael is probably one year away from that. Just given the, I mean, his matchups are going to be so hard consistently that he might have some off nights, like. DA is going to put up those stats. He's going to get those blocks. He's going to get those boards. He's going to get those statistics that are going to win you the defensive player of the year. Um, third, uh, collar shirt tonight. You're looking very fancy. You know, I was I had a tough choice. I was going to bring out like a suit jacket out here for the for the for the jammies, but I was like, I don't think people really dress up for the Grammys. It's like the Academy Awards people dress up for. So no, if it was more that way, then I'd be like, I would probably dress up. The gra- they dress up for the Grammys too. Do they, they really? really? Yes, absolutely. Who cares about the Grammys, right? Yeah, and and Coda Kid, you got Mark Bryant coaching too. I mean, I really think that this is going to be DA's year to take a step defensively and get okay. recognized for doing it. Uh, on a league level, um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Giannis again. I think that the guy is the best defender in the league. It's very rare that you have the MVP in the in the um, defensive player be one in the same. And again, I think that he's going to have the ability to put up those defensive numbers and put up MVP type numbers. He's not going to win the MVP award, but he will win defensive player of the year award. I honestly believe that you have drew holiday. I mean, I, I don't know how you think that the 76ers are going to be a better defensive team than the bucks when they got drew holiday and they got Giannis playing there. Um, but that's uh, okay. That, that's neither here nor there there, buddy. Okay. I, I, yeah, but it's, do you remember how good Embiid is on defense? Like he's up there with the honest. When he wants good. to play. No, he he last year was just a shit show, but he I just I believe in this team to bring it together because they're like, you know what, we might get traded away. This will be our last opportunity. And I think they'll give it all they got. Well, I, just, I, I, I think that Daryl Morey has done a good <laughs> I do think <laughs> that Daryl Morey's done a good job of navigating his assets appropriately to set him up for success moving forward. Getting rid of the Josh Richardson contract, getting rid of the uh, uh who, who Al Horford contract. Uh, bringing in Seth Curry, put shooters around these guys. I mean, th- those are all the right moves. I just, who yeah. knows? You might be right, but I, I respectfully disagree. All right. The next award, I think this is our, it's our second to last jammy that we're handing out in the preseason is our acid jeans award. And this is for the most washed player, AKA how the hell is that guy getting minutes award? So for the Suns, who do you have Matthew and league wide? Who do you have? All right, for the Suns, it has to be Elliot Kobo. For some reason, he's going to come in and take those minutes from Javon Carter. That doesn't. No, make, that's so last season. I know. No, <laughs> he actually, didn't it was last season though. I, I hate to choose anybody out of this core right now because they're just playing so well. I feel like in preseason they really showed their stuff. I think the only guy maybe that 
stood out a little bit to where it's like he might come in and like clog things up as Etwan more a little bit for the Suns. That's who I'm going to choose for this award. I don't want to go any further into it because I feel bad already doing this. But league-wide, I'm going to give it to Trevor Ariza for some reason. He's still playing, I think, for the Thunder. Unless he's traded, I feel like that team is tanking. He's going to get a lot of minutes, and we'll probably play against him. Like, ah, there's Trevor Ariza. So we have to deal with that again. So Trevor Ariza and Etwan Moore. Who do you got, John? Okay, Etwan Moore was on my list uh, just because he has not had the greatest of preseasons. But uh, I'm going to give it to Damian Jones. Uh, you know, okay. young player, uh, explosive dunker, somebody who can really benefit from a lot of great entry passes. But outside of that, he doesn't have a, a phenomenal skill set. You know, he's not a really great defensive player. He's not a really great rebounder, just from what I've seen in my short time, and perhaps I'm wrong. Uh, he can't shoot. Um, so he's very one-dimensional as a player, whereas I feel like a lot of uh, – James Jones's players are multifaceted and can play both sides of the court. Uh, even though he does like to look for those guys with specific skills, he definitely found a guy with one specific skill. And uh, that's a guy who can just dunk and that's pretty much it. So uh, I hope to see Damian Jones grow and become a more solid big because the Suns are going to need him. You know, again, I, like I said earlier, Jalen Smith is somebody who I thought would come in and play some backup five. And in the preseason, all he's done is play backup four and, and, yeah. cover the corners you know he's shooting from the corner and, and covering guys on the corner collapsing to grab rebounds um but he's not in there trying to play the five so i uh that, that's who i'm giving the acid jeans award to for the suns league-wide i think trevor reese's a really good pick um the guy i'm gonna go with is somebody who i saw just signed again uh for the miami heat that's udonis haslam like i don't know if he's getting any minutes but like no, he does he's how just the a coach in the league yeah he's, he's like a player a coach. coach though like yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. why. I mean, in the chat, they're talking about. It. Yeah. Blaze Megatron. Just hire him as a coach already. Like, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just surprised he's still in the league. But I guess, you know, how's this guy getting minutes is kind of the the philosophy behind this award. So I'll, I'll just piggyback on yours. Trevor Ariza for sure. Uh, yeah. You just got to look up Trevor Ariza for this award and see what team he's on. Just remember that. And then you can choose him. No idea where he is. All right, what is the, the last award? Last and probably a fan favorite is going to be the Beer Crack Award. I got a video that, for that. It could be the favorite. The Beer Crack Award. Yeah, for the favorite player. Yes, for, for your favorite player on the Phoenix Suns, Matthew, and your favorite player who is in the league who is not a Phoenix Sun. It is hard not to choose Devin Booker because his game is just ridiculous to watch, and there's so many oohs and ahs. To match up my league-wide player basically is John Morant. John Morant is the guy that I'm going to love to watch. It does suck he plays for Memphis because they're going to be hopefully a team that we're better than, but he is just going to have highlights every night. He's going to make that team way better than they probably should be, but he's just, you know, he's the dunk god this year. He's going to make be making those highlights to where it's going to be irresistible to want to watch him every night. He's just going to come out there 30, 35 minutes a game and just – Put up those highlights, dude. So I'm going to choose him along with Devin Booker because he's going to be sweet this year. Just super sweet. Yeah, he's so much fun to watch. He really is. I mean, I think yeah. when when the Suns had the worst record or the second worst record, I don't recall, but I know it was bad, and we had a shot at getting either Zion or uh, John Morant, like you and I were so excited. And to know that yeah. in that draft, we fell all the way to number six and we didn't even have a shot. Because I remember going into that draft, like I wanted John Morant more than I wanted Zion. Because mm -hmm. I felt we had a, we needed a playmaker, and that guy's just so much fun to watch. Uh, uh, he's not mine. I mean, for the, for the Suns, it's Devin Booker, and for me, that's a big feat. I'm somebody who, for the duration of Devin Booker's career, have been unbelievably critical. Uh, I 
just bought his Valley jersey. Okay, that finally shows you that I, I care because over here is my DeAndre Ayton jersey that I've had for a couple of years because I was a big fan of getting DeAndre Ayton. I think that uh, uh, athletic center is something that not a lot of the league really has an affinity for right now, but if you get the right guy, he can essentially change the league. And I feel like DA has that capability and that talent within him, and we're just all sitting around waiting for it to truly be unlocked. This could be the year that it does become unlocked. But now I've watched Dem Booker during this preseason, and I'm just like, dude, like he is so polished. He is such a complete player. He has all the skill set. He's a humble guy. He's a guy who's, you know, nailing a Jenner right now, and he doesn't ever talk about it. He's never in the national media spotlight. Like the only reason we know he's on, he's on like Kardashian Island is because he's like blurry in the background, like Bigfoot, you know, in, in a picture. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to put the mystery together to see, uh, if he's, if he's actually there, I mean, the, the guy is just everything you want from your superstar. And I, I'm finally on board. I'm finally on board with Dem Booker being my favorite son. It's been, it's taken me a while to get there because I've been critical of just kind of the way he plays and his attitude on the court. That's always been the big turnoff for me with Devin Booker is the way that he yet would yell at teammates and the way that he would uh, throw tantrums. And he still does it, but I really feel like at this point, he's got the game to back it up. You know, it's one thing if you're scoring 17 to nine, and you're and you're yelling at your teammates. It's another thing if you're you know dropping nearly twenty seven a night, and it's like okay, I, respect. Um, as for league wide, uh, my let me, let me let me cue it up. My beer crack award winner would have to be Kevin Durant. I I love Kevin Durant. I love that he's back in this league. Uh, the Slim Reaper, as he hates to be called, but I love calling him. I uh, loved him when he played at Texas. And he's just been so much fun to watch. And when he went to Golden State, it's it really turned me off for a while because I was like, okay, now you're just you're, you're chasing rings, and I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, but then he went to Brooklyn. Now he's playing for Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and Mike D'Antoni, and and he's looking great in the preseason. He's got the explosiveness back. He's got that that silky smooth jump shot that he lets go from eight feet nine inches. I mean, he is such a beautiful player to watch. And I, I get the John Morant's the exciting player, but like you know when. When the game's on the line, I'm going with the Slim Reaper, man, and and I'm excited that he's back and that we get to watch him play in the NBA once again. Yeah, God bless that guy. I hope I hope things go good with that team this year. I hope the injury is okay. I hope he's back to normal, even if he's 90%, dude. That's like still the third best player in the NBA right now. So if we have that, I'm all for that too, man. I can't argue with you on that. So, well, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children in all ages. That was... The Jammies. So we'll come back to this, or maybe we won't, at the end of the year. We'll do our preseason jammies as well. Uh, it'll probably be a much muted version because we already know who some of our players are and who they aren't, but it'd be nice to kind of maybe check back in and see how it goes. Uh, but we've put it out there. It's officially out there in the universe in podcast form and on YouTube as well. So uh, no taking it back now, Matthew. There are oh, our jammies. I love it. I had a lot of fun, dude. This is the best time of the year right now. Yes. Uh, best time of the year because we're 0-0. Zero zero. The, the season starts on yeah. Wednesday. So for those of you who are loyal watchers, make sure you press the little bell to know when we go live because we're going to go live on YouTube right after the end of that Mavericks game. I don't care if it's 1045 at night, Arizona time. Matthew and I, the Suns Jam Session podcast, will be going live. We'll probably be live for about 30 minutes, and then we'll actually kick it over to the Suns Solar Panel where you can see Saul, Espo, and Dave. 
and get their thoughts on that game against the Dallas Mavericks. Hopefully, we're popping beers of celebration following a victory over the Mavericks. Uh, if we lost, okay, we'll be 0-1, and we'll talk about some of the challenges we face there. So um, make sure that you tune in for that. Another thing that we have co- going on this week, uh, we'll be releasing our first Suns Jam Session video podcast on our YouTube channel where we're actually going to be breaking down the preseason performance of Jalen Sticks Smith, uh, looking at kind of all aspects of his game and, and putting our thoughts out there. That, that's been really fun to put together, Matthew. Yeah, I loved it, dude. Another uh, little thing that we want to do here to help you jamsters get through the season. Yes. So always, always a good time hanging out with you, my friend. Uh, I got to go try to catch the end of this Browns and Giants game. I need five points from my Cleveland Browns defense to advance in the fantasy football playoffs. I have no idea what the score is. Like, I, I really hope they got some sacks or something or, or one pick six and I, like I win the game. So yeah, one pick six is all you need. It's not all that difficult. I need. <laughs> you know what? Next weekend, hopefully we're watching the uh, championship games together in our fantasy. There you the go. There you go. So uh, Suns Jam, Sir Faithful, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you subscribe to the pod on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. That's it. Let's go. Jammies are done. Beer's done. Take care, everybody. All right. Everyone go home and love your family. Amen. Take care.